The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the last Trouble Tuesdays of 2020. Your questions answered tonight all evening long. 514-800 to text in. If you'd like to call in with a, a question or comment, you can do that at 514-790-0800. And if you feel like sending me an email instead, you can do that to laurie at drlaurie.com. So here's one left over from last night. Why do lesbians use dildos? They're not interested in a man, yet still receive pleasure from a penis-shaped object. Shouldn't this be a conflict of interest kind of thing? So I'm going to turn it around and say, what do you say about men who like to use sex toys that go into their butts to stimulate the G-spot, straight men who do that. Is that a conflict of interest thing? So just because, um, you know, lesbians can like, uh, not just lesbians, women, uh, some women like uh, the, the sensation of penetration. Some women prefer external, uh, more external uh, stimulation. What's the difference? It's not the attraction is not to the penis, to the man. If there's no attraction to men, that's what sexual orientation is about. It's not just uh, the organ. Dr. I was wondering if you happen to know of any benefits of not masturbating for a period of time. I'm a male in my late thirties and I wanted to put it to the test for myself to see if I notice any changes in my everyday life, whether physical or psychological. I'm about two weeks in. I just hope I'm not doing anything wrong by denying myself the pleasure of masturbating. Thanks for any advice. You sound like George from Seinfeld. Didn't they do a whole experiment where they all went on a no masturbation thing and uh, and George, when he stopped having sex and masturbating, he became like super, super smart. <laughs> okay, that doesn't happen in uh, real life. If you're doing this, look, there, there's no real harm in not uh, ejaculating. I can't say there's a harm. There are benefits to masturbating, but I don't think there are any harms associated. So, for example, uh, studies have shown that men in their 20s who masturbate uh, frequently or regularly have a lower chance of later on developing prostate cancer. So there are some links to, and obviously some uh, benefits to that. Excessive masturbation is obviously can also be problematic. So if you're just doing this, you know, there's a the no fap movement on the internet where guys get together online and they all decide, okay, we're going to turn off porn and turn off masturbation for a while. It's kind of like a challenge. Um, it's not harmful. Are, are you going to do this forever or just for a period of time? I mean, do the test on yourself. I think that's fine to see how you feel uh, with uh, without any any form of masturbation. But I'm curious, once you do your, your test on you, take some notes, like pay attention to how you're responding in everyday life and some changes or what have you. And let me know. I'd be curious, but otherwise I'm really not worried 
uh, at all in terms of uh, any consequences. So I, I don't think there really are any. All right, this is uh, about COVID, so maybe people can uh, respond to this. Uh, Lori, help me, please. I am in a tough situation. My grandma, this is the adopted uh, grandma that someone looked in, looked in uh, on an older a person who was living alone and kind of adopted her as her grandma, uh, was told tonight by her daughter that she will not be coming uh, because of rules in place and it is too risky to have her at their home. They do not live in the Montreal area. The problem is I had invited a close girlfriend who will be all alone Christmas Eve and Christmas Day over because the plan originally was her daughter and her husband were coming to her house. Of course, I cannot leave my grandma alone and explain my situation to her daughter. And they told me as long as they keep a distance, they are comfortable with me having them both. I know it is against the rules, but there's no way I can tell my friend not to come now. If I had it my way, they could both be together and I would be alone. It was difficult enough watching the tears come down when her daughter broke the news on Skype, but we will have a virtual Christmas dinner altogether. I'm not even going to mention grandma being here until my friend arrives because I know she would not come if I tell her the situation. Damn pandemic. This is not how we plan Christmas, even in pandemic times. It's the one person living alone rule. Definitely not leaving grandma alone and cannot tell my girlfriend not to come. And a question here, just a little bending the rules. So I'm not going to tell you to go one way or the other, break the rules or, or another. But in this situation, I like to weigh all the, all the factors, right? And leaving, I think it's just cruel for an older person to be all alone. Uh, so you have to kind of look at the mental health aspect of that or the, the mental health consequences to that. If you both, you and your friend, I mean, also you have to take into consideration, are you putting this elderly person at risk? Like you have to think about that for yourself. If she has been in your bubble and I think from your past emails, it seems like you are the only person who visits her. Um, and if you don't have, like, if you're not exposed with all of this, then uh, that you like, you have to weigh out all of these risks. Clearly, it's not just about the guidelines. It's also taking into consideration somebody's risk. And you do not want to put somebody at risk because you have to think about that. How will you feel if, right, if uh, you give it to somebody? Now, maybe you can take a, a COVID test ahead of time. Maybe there's some other measures you can take. I don't know. I'm not sure what other people would do in, uh, in this situation. Um, this texture, I do not try and fool your friend won't be pretty when she gets there. And this part I agree with, I think that you should tell your friend ahead of time, because if your friend is not comfortable, then a decision has to be made, right? I mean, you can explain the situation and let her make up her mind, but I agree with this texture you don't want to just spring it on. Oh, hi, by the way, we have another um, visitor, especially if your friend may not be comfortable with the situation. So uh, something that you need to, uh, you need to consider. Uh, let's see. We listened to the baby boomers show last night and we both enjoyed it very much. This is from somebody who I know is 
she sent me an email before, so I know she is in a, a lesbian relationship. I must say, Dr. Lori, for a woman who is straight and has no interest in an experience with another woman, you certainly understand the passion and sensuality that only two women can experience together. Neither of us have ever heard a straight woman say what you said or how you said it. Are you sure you've never been with another woman? Just kidding. Yourself, Mallory, and Mark have a great connection together, and it plays out very well over the radio. We wish you a healthy and happy 2021. Thank you for that. If you have questions, send them to me at 514-800. It is your Trouble Tuesdays tonight on Passion. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the program. It's the last one of 2020 and then uh, have one more night of, of Passion and then taking a little bit uh, of time off for the holidays. I know many of us are going to be watching Netflix and stuff. So if you want to send some of your uh, suggestions uh, for watching over the holidays, it'd be fun. I've been watching Cobra Kai. I didn't think I'd enjoy it, but I was a big fan of Karate Kid. And uh, it's actually really good. I'm quite impressed. Somebody, And I'm somebody who did karate for quite a number of years. So it's even more fun uh, for me to watch that. So uh, that's my uh, suggestion this week for something something to watch. In the 60s, there was a philosophy called the power of chew, whereby abstinence was measured in increments of 60-day periods, i.e. someone sustains a period of three, the idea being meeting a partner at the same level. The result was often an encounter was so intense that claw marks were on your back. Wow. Didn't know about that uh, philosophy. That's very interesting. Thank you. Somebody's doing their Google homework. A texter writes in, uh, actually an email, we love the boomers, love the poem, love the passion poet. How do you think the teens today will view baby boomers when they are um, adults? So uh, I'm trying to like do the math here. Uh, Is it that the young boomers of today will be the grandparents of their kids? I'm trying to think, is that, is my math right? Because I'm terrible at math. Uh, Maybe somebody can figure that out. And then I would ask the question, like how did we, or do we view our grandparents and their sexuality? I got to say, I don't think we associate sex with our grandparents. Like that's just something that <laughs> generally speaking, if you ask a younger person, uh, their their instant reaction is, ooh, like I don't want to think about that, right? But I have news for you. The grandparents are getting it on too. So I think it's the same every generation. I'm not sure that it really changes uh, that much. I'm not sure. But for sure, I did read some studies that, and I shared with you that, uh, like what used to be considered older age is now really looked at as middle age, which I find interesting. Like 60 used to be considered on the older side. Now it's considered middle age. So we're living longer. We are healthier as we get older. We're more active. So I think that's certainly going to change the way, uh, we view the older, the older generations. All right. I promised you that I would read, uh, again, um, the poem from the passion poet, the naughty, uh, the naughty poem. Okay. 
So uh, it was the night before Christmas. It happened in our house. I couldn't breathe with that big thing in my mouth. I was tied up on the bed and totally bare, frightened that old Saint Nick might see me there. Then he untied me and flipped me over. I pretended to be Lassie and he pretended to be Rover. Then a noise downstairs. There was a clatter. He ran downstairs to see what was the matter. Then in through the window, a fat man in red. It was St. Nick seeing me nude in bed. I was too shocked to move and filled with fear. He called me a ho, 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 and he called his reindeer. Now Dasher, now Prancer, now Cupid, now Blixen, now Donner, now Cupid, let's show this hot vixen. My head was in pain from it hitting the wall. Old Santa yelling, come one, come all. They all jumped out the window, all gone in a flash. My husband walked in, seeing the wall all smashed. There was snow on the floor. What the hell happened here? I said Santa came by to spread some good cheer. Then a voice was heard. We saw a sleigh with a light. A Merry Christmas to all. Santa got laid tonight. That is your dirty poem. Dirty holiday poem. There you go. Uh, thank you for <laughs> sending that in. I got a few requests, so I'm I'm. Uh, this is like the third time I'm rereading it. Uh, but if you want to get it, uh, just all you have to do is go back uh, after tonight and get the podcast of the show at this time, ten twenty two, and uh, re-listen to it right there. All right, let me get to some questions that have been sent in. Can I still be bisexual if I want a life and sex with a female, but also sex with a male and sex only? Or is this classified as straight? No, definitely not just straight, okay? The factors that determine a person's orientation include who you have sex with, who you fall in love with, who you fantasize about, and how you identify as well. So a completely straight male person would fall in love, fantasize about, and have sex with women. But sexuality is generally not that black and white. There's a spectrum of orientation and bisexuality falls somewhere in the middle. It's not like a 50-50 exact middle ground, but somewhere in the middle. So you may be attracted to both men and women, but you only desire a romantic relationship with um, a woman. Whether you decide to have sex with both genders is a choice that you make. I think it would be fair uh, and you should be sharing this with a partner and not going behind a partner's back, like making, you know, staying in a straight relationship, but doing, having another life on the side, a sex life on the side with, with men, for example, that would not be cool. Uh, so make sure that whoever you are with understands your bisexuality and understands the choices you are making because you can be bisexual and choose to be monogamous in a straight relationship. That doesn't take away the fact that you can be aroused by um, by the same gender. It's just you make the choice as to what you're going to do about it. It, it becomes about the behavior. Um, but the identity is about your who you're attracted to 
And then there's the behavior that may go along with it or may not, which that becomes the choice uh, that you make. That part is the choice. I've only just found out about the foreskin. And when I try to pull it back, I go lightheaded and feel sick. Also, I can't pull it all the way back because of the pain. And there is a large buildup of some weird substance. I am getting really self-conscious about it and scared. So it sounds like, um, sounds like a, you know, a younger person here, I would think, but it does. It sounds like your foreskin is stuck kind of stuck and, uh, which causes pain when you, uh, when you pull it back, the buildup, what you're seeing there is something called smegma. It's very important to be able to pull back the foreskin in order to properly clean the penis to avoid all that bacteria buildup and then uh, possible infection and makes you also more vulnerable to like sexually transmitted infections. If you are experiencing any kind of penile pain, especially with erections or with pulling back your foreskin, you need to consult a doctor. And there is treatment for this condition. The condition is called phimosis. And the treatment starts with non-invasive, so like a, a cream to try and soften the tissues to be able to then, uh, you know, it gives you some exercises to slowly and gently start pushing it, pulling it back. And if that doesn't work, then you may actually need uh, a circumcision to be able to surgically um, fix that. So a couple of texts here. After hearing the naughty poem, what, one might come to the conclusion that the passion poet has a rather kinky side. <laughs> yep, I would uh, I would say so. Uh, texter says, you cannot compare a boomer today to a boomer's parents because of technology, but a teenager today may see a baby boomer as someone who lived a wild life. They listened to the music of the boomer era, watched some movies of our time deemed as cult classics, etc. That's that's quite true. The younger teens, I know my kids listen, uh, well, one of mine anyway, loves the music of my era uh, and knows a whole lot about that. So yes, I mean, when it comes to certain, certain cultural or... Um, yeah, certain cultural things like like music and such, they can relate in some in some way. Dr. Laura, I don't know about this chew thing, but I have this addiction that I love it when a woman will use her nails on my back, scratch my back just enough as to not cut the skin. I swear I feel shivers running down my whole body. I'm in a cold uh, my whole body. I'm in a cold bath or outside in the snow. Uh, can you tell me what this condition is called? I, I don't think it's a condition. I don't know. It's something you enjoy. Some people enjoy having their back scratched. Some people enjoy having their, uh, their back, uh, tickled, things like that. Uh, my erection used to be straight, but now it's curved. Any answers? So it depends how curved a slight curve it could be that there's masturbation always in the same direction in the same way. So it gives a, a slight curve. That's not a problem. If it becomes a curve that is, um, like a, like a kink almost, then that's due usually to injury, um, to injury or to some, 
well, to injury and then the, the development of plaque inside uh, the penis, which causes it to, uh, to bend basically, or to not be able to, uh, to straighten up. So it, it all depends on where it's at and if it hurts or doesn't hurt, if it doesn't hurt, it's not really something that you really need to uh, worry about so much. Coming up, I have some questions about uh, pornography damaging the brain, about a girlfriend experiencing some discomfort, and anything you want to throw my way on this Trouble Tuesdays, text at 514-800. You can call in at 514-790-0800, or you you can always email me to laurie at drlaurie.com. This is Trouble Tuesdays here on Passion, so get your questions in. Right now, let's turn it over to the CJD 800 Newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Here's your headline tonight. Lonely otters who fell in love online have moved in together. Otters, yes, otters, those animals. Two otters who found love online after their partners died have moved in together. Pumpkin and Harris, a pair of Asian short-clawed otters, were heartbroken when their partners died, but they found love together at Sea Life in Scarborough. Harris had been living at the Cornish Seal Sanctuary when his partner Apricot passed away at the age of 16, leaving him alone for the first time in four years. In a bid to find him a mate, caretakers at the sanctuary set up a dating profile dubbed Fishing for Love, and it didn't take long for staff at Sea Life in Scarborough to see the ad and think that Harris, who was described as a very good listener who loves to cuddle, was the perfect match for Pumpkin, who was extremely lonely after losing Eric. In a statement, a spokesman for Sea Life said Harris, who was residing at Cornish Seal Sanctuary in Guique, had also recently lost his partner, who sadly passed away. Whilst it first appeared that Harris may have resigned himself back to the bachelor lifestyle, it soon became clear that he was starting to miss somebody to snuggle up and watch Netflix with, so (laughs) the teams in Guique and Scarborough managed to match them up, and Cheeky Harris has since moved up to Scarborough to be with pumpkin. I think that's really sweet that the two zoos kind of, uh, chose, you know, to give up one of their otters so they wouldn't be lonely. I love this text, right? So they otter no better. Good one. Quick on the draw. A couple more texts here. Hi, Dr. Lori. Nice to hear that that guy likes his ladies' nails scratching him affectionately. I think a lot of guys get self-conscious about a progressively sideways curving erection as the years go by. Cosmetic concerns we guys often have about our penises. And wow, that was quite a poem there. And the Passion Poet says... Oh, now me, the passion poet is looked at as the passion pervert because of one naughty poem that others requested to hear again. We're not going to see you as the passion pervert. You will always be the passion poet. Don't worry. All right. Uh, Hey, I was wondering, does porn damage my brain? I know how porn is completely different from real life. I've been watching porn for a long time, but it doesn't interfere a lot with my life. But will porn make me dumb? Is it brain damaging? 
I'd say no more brain damaging than watching a lot of video games, frankly, um, in that way. Um, of course, it's important to understand that porn is fantasy and really not a great reflection of real life sex. For most people, porn watching is not a problem, but there are some individuals who watch it compulsively, whereby it will impact other areas of their lives. For those individuals, porn poses a problem and it is not good for them. Um, but does porn in and of itself make us dumb or cause brain damage? The answer is no, there haven't been any studies to, to, to show that. And if that were the case, by the way, that would make billions of people on this planet walking around brain damaged. And I just don't think that's the case. If you look at the, just the sheer numbers of people, um, who, who watch porn. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's, uh, that's the case at all. If you have questions, 514-800, you can, uh, you can text them in. Would love it. Uh, <laughs> no, no passion poet moniker is still secure. Someone says, good. He does not want to be known as the passion pervert, please. All right. I'm interested in your opinion on a sensitive uh, topic. I tried rubbing my girlfriend's clitoris the other day, but she stopped me and told me that it always hurts when her clitoris is stimulated. How can I please her with my hands if I can't touch her? I need some help here, please. Okay. So not all women enjoy like direct clitoral stimulation. I think the only person who can answer you here is her. You have to ask her directly how she would like to be touched. Some women prefer when there is pressure applied to the clitoral area rather than uh, like a rubbing action. Uh, some people prefer a light touch. Some people prefer not such a light touch. Some women prefer being stimulated on the inside. So more of the, uh, inside the vagina with a finger. She is the only one though, who can give you the answer, uh, the answer to that question. So this is what makes a, a good lover is one that can communicate. I think this to me, this is a very important element, but if you can communicate to each other uh, and you can find out what your partner loves and be in tune to that, that's what really makes uh, a good lover. I'm a 23-year-old guy having an average diet of a middle-class person, okay? Uh, I am more into my studies than exercise. Whenever I masturbate, I always ejaculate within seconds, hardly 30 seconds. I tried to stop watching porn for a few months and again, tried to masturbate, but results were the same. I'm worried to, how will I satisfy a woman? How do I overcome such a problem? So, Okay, this is yes, this is a problem. Uh, clearly, uh, under uh, within thirty seconds is uh, under a minute is usually considered premature ejaculation. But before I go into that, I want to just begin by saying that women are actually best served sexually with other parts of your body. Your tongue and your hands matter more for the majority of women who need that clitoral 
stimulation. And that is that clitoral stimulation usually best achieved with direct contact through oral sex or manual stimulation. So I always say premature ejaculators make better lovers simply because they actually know that they have to spend far more time on foreplay and find all these other ways to pleasure their partners. uh, So they spend time on that. And in that respect, they are, they can be uh, better lovers for, uh, for many women. Now, ejaculating too quickly is a real issue that affects men's self-esteem and their self-concept and all of that. So there are a couple of things you can try. There are no drugs per se, like no drugs that are, uh, that are just made to treat this particular uh, condition. But we know that uh, doctors have studied and used antidepressants in mild dose, so not enough to treat a depression, but enough to induce a side effect. And it's, so they call it off-label use, but that has been an effective treatment and that's been researched um, extensively. You'd have to talk to uh, your doctor about this. You can also try using a numbing spray, just make sure you'd wear a condom so that you're not numbing the inside of your partner's vagina either. Uh, And those, um, so there's that. And then there's stop and start techniques that you can practice. You can find them online. Uh, and they will, will walk you through the process of, uh, of practicing. But for some people, like research has shown there are some men where it's more of a neurological condition rather than a learned condition. So the medication works best for those men. And you might be um, a, a good candidate for that. So you need to speak to, uh, to your doctor about that. Coming up, questions about uh, masturbation and orgasms and pain after sex and anything else you want to address here. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Last little bit of time on this Troubled Tuesdays. So get your questions in or your comments at 514-800. Don't forget you can email me even if I'm uh, you know, not on the air during the holidays. Feel free to email me anyhow to lori at drlori.com. If it's something pressing, let me know and I will answer you. Otherwise, when I'm back on air uh, live, January 4th, then I will, uh, I will answer, uh, your questions. I don't know if you'll be able to answer this question or not, but I am a female and I masturbate, but I have never reached orgasm before. I'm also a lesbian. So not being able to give myself an orgasm scares me because I feel like I won't be able to participate in sexual activities. Should I be concerned or do you have any tips? So lesbian or not, all women should get to know their bodies and what works for them. Uh, You may find that when you're with a partner, you're going to be aroused probably in a very different way. Plus, your partner will likely perform oral sex on you, which is a kind of stimulation that you can't give yourself, right? Uh, And many women find this activity the fastest way to an orgasm. So the ability to have an orgasm depends on a number of things, not just on the stimulation to your genitals, but also what's going on in your head. The more you worry about getting there, the less likely it's going to happen. So I would suggest you 
try and uh, focus. This is like a mindful mindfulness exercise, but focusing just on your breathing, your the moment that you're in, the feelings in your body, letting go of all expectations. Okay. Uh, another thing you can try to, well, that that's important and also giving yourself the right amount of stimulation. So using a sex toy might be something like a, a vibrator, a clitoral vibrator might be something that uh, actually, uh, can help. So I don't think you, you need to be so concerned right now uh, about your ability to orgasm and it affecting later on when you're with a partner and you feel safe and you feel like you can let go and you're not judged and all of that, it will be easier to even work together to be able to get there. But getting to know your body now is, is important as I recommend this to all women. In fact, the, I did, um, if you want to watch, uh, you can go to my website or on YouTube. If you just uh, Google uh, um, or search my name and then Ted, TEDx, I did a talk uh, called The Pleasure Principle, which is on female sexuality. And it's like a 12-minute condensed version of what I've said here, but with, with some extra information. So something that you can add there. Uh, if you select the right vibrator, you may be able to stimulate the nether region without pain. Have had spectacular results if the partner approaches the area from a few inches, gradually getting closer to the prize. I think this is for the person whose uh, partner didn't want the clitoris touched or was too sensitive. So yes, that's true. That could also work is, is gently moving your way towards that, uh, that area. So that might, uh, might be something. I recently had sex and now it hurts when I pee. I've looked everywhere and can't see what could be wrong. It's like a burning sensation. So it could be that there's a small cut, uh, call it a fissure, but a small cut and it could be thin, 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 like a paper like a paper cut, you know, uh, in the vagina caused by maybe a fingernail or something like that, that may cause burning when you urinate. And this is quite, um, common. Some women also seem to be prone to urinary tract infections after they have sex. If you want to minimize that, you have to make sure that you urinate, uh, following, um, intercourse that, that helps to kind of flush everything out. Uh, if you find that you're having not just pain, uh, like that burning sensation, but if you're having difficulty with urination and if the pain is coming from your urethra and the pain persists, then you really need to be speaking to a medical doctor, uh, to, uh, to rule out any infection. But just remember, it's always a very good idea uh, to minimize the risk of infection to urinate right after sex. That's just good uh, sexual um, hygiene, which is something we can talk about uh, at a later at a later date is good um, after sex hygiene. Like what should people do right after sex? Here's a question we haven't had in quite a long time come to think of it, but here it is. I want to ask you about the size of the penis. I have, uh, my length is between 5.6 inches to six inches. I want to increase it more. 
Is that possible? And secondly, due to excessive nightfall problem, I'm not sure what that means, and masturbation, my pelvic muscles have become weak. What do I do for that? So, okay. So first of all, for the size of the penis, that's average or even larger than average penis. The average is around 5.2 inches, I think, world worldwide. So there is no proven real method to increase penis length. Penis girth, yes. So how thick the penis is, there they can inject fat they can they take fat from one part of your body they filter it and then they reinject it back and of course it has its own uh potential uh risks also so there could be a, a problem with that but having said that it's so much less about how big it is and so much more about what kind of lover you are you certainly don't need a huge penis to be a good lover i don't know where this idea, well, I should know, it's probably from the influence of, of pornography, but this is not what, the bigger is not the better. And you speak to a lot of women and average is perfectly great. And much bigger than that is actually scary for a lot of women and could be painful. So sometimes it's also the size of the vagina that you're, uh, that you're dealing with. The second part of your question, I'm not quite sure I understand it. I don't know, like, how do you know that your pelvic muscles are weak? If uh, if pelvic muscles are weak, I would expect things like uh, leaking urine, for example, that that could happen. Uh, do you pee when you uh, do you pee a little bit when you cough? That would be another uh, indicator. Um, because having orgasms actually strengthens the pelvic floor. Uh, they don't, it doesn't make them weak. It strengthens them. So maybe there's some other medical condition that's actually not related to sexuality at all. I think, um, this is something that you need to consult with your, your family doctor, like has to evaluate this, uh, with you. Somebody asked, when is my last show of 2020? Actually, tomorrow night. And tomorrow night, we have Metro Linda Hammerschmidt, who will join us for her final show of 20, uh, 2020. So this is the final um, Trouble Tuesdays, then tomorrow, and then we have special Christmas programming. And then next week, I'm taking the week off. Uh, and that's it. Longest penis is a Mexican that stretched it with weights. Google it. Something like 25 inches long. <laughs> what? Sure. Go ahead and do this kind of thing. Like that's nuts uh, to uh, do. I think I saw pictures of something like that, but I mean, the guy had to, I think, strap it down his leg. Like, what are you going to do with that member? I bet you couldn't even get an erection. Wouldn't have enough blood to fill it. So that would be ridiculous. That's, I don't know. On a final note, this texter writes, I wish to take this opportunity on behalf of the passion community to, to say thanks for being our rock. Oh, that's so sweet. God bless you. Well, God bless all of you. Really. Thank you. It's my pleasure and my privilege to be able to be here with you every night of the week and especially to answer your important questions around uh, sexuality. So I'm very grateful for your presence in my life. I don't know if I tell you that enough, 
but I'm telling you now. So taking the opportunity. Thank you all so much for uh, listening and thanks for spending your time with me. Thanks to our technical producer tonight, Dave Simon. You can connect with me, uh, social media, of course, at Dr. Lori Batito, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E-B-E-T-I-T-O, or you can go to my website, drlaurie.com. On the website, you will find, uh, if you click on the Passion Radio tab, all the past podcasts of the program, or you can, if you have the iHeart app, download it. It's a great app. Uh, You just go on the CJAD page and you can find all of our podcasts there as well. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.